Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Naturally Nino podcast. I am so excited to have you guys here. Um, so t- this week, um, this is something I haven't done yet on my podcast, so it's going to be the first one. But I am actually bringing on my last guest again for part two of our discussion because we had so much fun recording the first part, and we realized that we got super deep towards the end and. A whole nother topic came about from our conversation. I was like, you know what? I think we need to do a part two. Like, we didn't pick it. It picked us. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nicole, I'm so happy to have you on again. I'm really excited to, like, talk even deeper with you. Um, I had so much fun recording part one. Um, And for those of you who are listening, if you didn't catch part one or – Uh, Just a quick reminder, but Nicole is a yoga instructor. She is a travel writer and a wellness brand influencer. Um, Her and I actually met um, over a decade ago when we were in high school and both living in Brooklyn, New York. And after finishing college, she actually moved out to LA. Um, And her love for wellness has led to many, many, many brand partnerships with companies like South Beach Diet, Gaim, and No Foods. Also, like many of us, she struggled with her weight uh, for most of her life, and now she looks to inspire others through her creative skills like acting and writing to live a more abundant life. So, Nicole, do you want to just kind of reintroduce yourself a little bit to everyone? Oh, my gosh. I think you did an amazing job. I was literally like, uh, <laughs> can I hire you to just like speak for me when I need to present myself <laughs> Um, no, you, you covered it great. I just do want to say, I feel like we met in random, but I feel like we met in costuming or ceramics class or maybe before that. Um, You know, it's funny because after, or like before we were recording our first part, I was actually trying to remember exactly when we met because I know we both did yearbook. Yes, but we didn't meet but, in senior year. But, I feel like we met no, like probably obviously or junior year costuming. It might have been because we would take costuming classes with Miss Herbert before we would like. I don't know, but I didn't take a lot I of costuming classes or though. social studies or something. Something like that. Maybe I mean, I know we definitely. Do you remember? I feel like it was social studies. We had like a good amount of classes together. We'll figure it out one day. I don't know. I I just knew. I felt like it was through our creative classes because we even took, I think, photography together too. Maybe it was photography because we took a lot of art classes. Yeah, a lot of because yeah, I think you were more of an art major or at least had art Mm -hmm. background. And but then I had a lot of friends that were in costuming too. Yes, and I think that's why I thought I met you in costuming. I read the rest. So of I the didn't girl. take a lot of the classes for costume. Like I took maybe maybe one or two costuming classes, but like not a lot. But mm-hmm. I knew everyone that was there because I was friends with everyone that did costuming. Right, well, and then wait, sense. did you you did sing right? He kind of. So I would help out a lot, but I wasn't allowed to stay, <laughs> which is oh. why, which leads us to. Because I grew up really strict. Remember, I like wasn't mm-hmm. able to um, be as active or eat well or, you know, mm-hmm. I just kind of couldn't do a lot of the things. Be as just even just lead an act, as active of a life as a kid because I grew up with strict, a strict mom who wanted me indoors. <laughs> mm. 
How was that like though for you? Like, did you feel like you were an outcast then in a way? And in some ways I felt like in high school, I was a floater. So like I was friends with you. I was friends with like a lot of people, but I, I wasn't necessarily involved in any group. And a big part of that is because I really couldn't build those deeper bonds that you guys build after school. So, Mm -hmm. um, but I, because of that, I also didn't really have drama in high school. So I didn't go through a lot of the high school traumatic experiences that like most teenagers do because I wasn't really around for it. <laughs> I mean, um, the amount of drama that I experienced in high school, I'm not going to name names here, but I must <laughs> say um, <laughs> I, I'm a little jealous of you. <laughs> I would, I would just know all the things happening. Oh my goodness, especially your book. But like, oh my god, I don't I like sometimes. I'm just like, never be involved. Yeah, it's so funny. And I was telling you so right before we started recording that I was talking to Marissa about like the fact that you know we connected and recorded um, a, an episode together, mm-hmm. and um, like me and Marissa, as I was saying, so I've known Marissa for over a decade also we actually met in freshman year that I remember and we met in art class and we became friends like the first day that we met and we're just like we're just going to be friends and we're still friends to this day which is like so wild at that (laughs) I best friends at that yeah and I was telling her that you know I'm going to be recording the a part two with you and she's like oh my god how was Nicole I missed her she was always so nice (laughs) Right? Because I wasn't involved. I was like involved, but not involved. So that was the secret. You just, the the way you avoid gossip is to just not be part of things deeply. Deeply. Yeah. But then also too, I think there's a lot of like relationship building that happens when you're in elementary, middle and high school. And when you can't form those deep bonds, especially like I came from a family, a very small, like immediate family. It's just, it was me and my brother um, Mm -hmm. and my mom. So because of that, like, yeah, I had an older brother, but I, that didn't really teach me like sisterhood and friendships and like kind of seeing things through and going the mile. So I feel like I kind of, you know, was very, I, I was very like, oh, this person treated me badly or I didn't like how they acted. I'm cutting them off or mm-hmm. uh, things that as I've gotten older, I realized didn't matter that much. It mattered so much to me when I was younger. Um, and right. it took a lot of me learning on my own how to really handle relationships with people and like um, friendships with people so that they could last as long as you and Marissa's. <laughs> no, that may, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a time where you, well, at first I feel it's like everyone just wants to have friends, right? Because right. everyone wants to be surrounded with people and just like the way you perceive yourself is based on like your friendships that you have and the kind of friendships that you have. And I think also during high school years, it's such an awkward age because yes, you're older, you know, and junior high school is just like the weirdest age, I think, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And in high school, you know, you have a little bit of a sense of like who you might be, but you still don't. And there's also a lot of stuff that you don't know. And you're trying things for the first time ever now. 
And I think, um, I mean, one of the biggest reasons I think me and Marissa became friends and have stayed friends is because even though we don't have the same exact uh, life path, uh, we have a lot of similarities. And so we understood each other very well because we came from very similar backgrounds in a sense, very different, but also very similar Mm -hmm. in a way. Um, And I think that when you go through all of those firsts together, that's what creates that relationship of being there for one another for, Mm -hmm. you know, the happy days, the bad days, the angry days, the joyous days and the weird days. (laughs) Right. And I think your formative years is the best time to learn that because as you get older, that's where you really build your like belief system. Right. And whatever Mm -hmm. you've learned literally up until your late teens is kind of usually what you kind of take on um, for the rest of your life. Some things may change, but it's where most of that growth is. And if you aren't able to easily adapt that can cause problems. I mean, I look at, if you think about a lot of people, like if you watch like 600 pound life and all these stories about people who battle with weight issues um, and mental health, it tends to all start around the same period where your hormones mm-hmm. are changing rapidly. Um, it's new environments. Cause you're constantly like, as you're getting older, changing school, changing friend groups, and really also getting to learn yourself and your body and your body's changing rapidly. So mm-hmm. I can see how like, you know, even for us, like we also had maybe not necessarily like weight issues for you, but you mentioned like body image issues. And for me, I oh, feel like definitely. So that all started around that time, <laughs> you know? It, no. Yeah. Where I think I, I think- became more conscious. I think when I was younger, it was like, oh, you know, people talked about it being baby fat and stuff. But then it's usually like around your teens, like that 15 to 20 period that you can tell and like the relationship for food may not be the healthiest. And it starts to really show start showing itself in your bodies. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, I agree. I had the same thing happen to me around that age also, because when I was in junior high school, I was on a really strict diet. I mean, like intensely strict because of my cholesterol levels and Mm -hmm. everything. And we had to follow like this crazy low fat diet and you couldn't eat after six or 7 PM. And it it was intense. And I was like so skinny. And when I got to high school, I did rebel And I started eating junk food. I started drinking alcohol. I, you know, started um, eating way more than I need to and and bad things too. Plus you're going through puberty, right? So on top of the fact that you're eating all the junk food, you start getting acne. And after being on such a strict diet and eating everything under the sun, Mm -hmm. I gained a lot of weight as well for me, you know? And Mm -hmm. I felt really self-conscious. I think that high school, towards the end of high school, was, I would say, maybe like even my sophomore, junior, senior year, I think is when I hated my body the most. Like, I had the worst thoughts ever about myself, Mm -hmm. even though I would never show it because I think everyone always knew me as like the girl that like 
was super positive and always happy no matter what. Yes. But I felt like, like always like, you know, yeah. you were just like the cutest. You guys, she was like one of the prettiest girls to me in high school. You know, oh, like, my oh my God. God no yes, way. She's so pretty. No Literally. Way. I kid you not. And I'm not see, just saying I didn't that. Think that. <laughs> and I didn't think that. I hated myself. Like I and no, and, and I wouldn't tell that to anyone. Mm-hmm. But I would have thoughts of like, like I would look at my legs sometimes, right? Like yeah. this is how intense it is, guys. I would think about, wow, if only I could just shave off this fat from my thigh. Actually, I feel like I remember us being in costuming. Well, not necessarily you in costuming class, but like just around the costuming room. Mm -hmm. And like the girls would all be talking about what they didn't like and how fat they were. And like, you know, and that's like when Mm -hmm. the like around the time Mean Girls was out and the whole is butter a carb thing. It's like we were so young, but so understanding that what what we were wasn't good enough. And it was so Mm -hmm. weird because it's like, but who put this idea in our heads? You know what I mean? That is a good, very like, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's funny because it's like, I never, my parents, like my mom never told me that. Like my yeah. mom never said you're overweight or anything. Instead, she always told me like, no, you're too skinny. Like you need to put on weight. And I'm like, no, you're crazy. I'm like so fat right now. Like I hate myself. Mm-hmm. I think um, like, as we talked about in the part one, like, immigrant families and just like people, you know, first generation Americans, they're looking to just like provide and take care and nourish their families. So like, even in Caribbean culture, like food is like encouraged, like eat, eat, eat. We don't want you to be MAGA, which is like Mm -hmm. patois for skinny. Like we don't Mm -hmm. want you to be skinny. Um, So yeah, again, like it was an open door in my house. I could go in the fridge at any time of day and eat what I want. My mother, I think, wouldn't looked at like food as like I'm taking care of my kid. Um, mm-hmm. So even though I was overweight, it's just she's like you're at least not underweight. You're you're healthy, and you know now a lot. We there's so much more knowledge on nutrition and mm-hmm. plant based eating, and maybe not eating so much protein and oils and animal products. Um, and what providing and taking care of your family would look like now is so different. But back then, I mean, it wasn't just our cultures too. America as a whole, I think just wasn't as conscious about like what we were really eating. Um, we don't, we didn't see as much people like really going to the farmer's market or, you know, spending a little more money and getting their groceries maybe at Whole Foods instead of like, you know, a regular Ralph's or Vons, or I don't know what's in New York anymore. I feel like I'm like trying to mention I know. New York supermarket. I'm like, what's even there? <laughs> I'm like, I, I know I stopped myself too. I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize that I haven't been in New York for so long that I'm just like so out of tune with what even happens there anymore. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I I definitely agree with that. I just always, you know, I try to think about it in the sense of, and I don't know if there is an answer to my question, but like, does food or the relationship, like what you're feeding yourself affect your mental health or does mental health affect what you eat? Affect what you eat, right? It's kind of like that 
did the, you know, it was the chicken or the egg mm-hmm. <laughs> question. And I always think about it. What do you think? I definitely think food affects mental health because I feel like Same. Um, you could say mental health affects food, but n- education, like you could mm. be a very good mental health, but culturally that's not what you grew up eating. Like learning to eat healthy for many people is like usually outside of their, um, you know, environment, like outside of the norm of their culture, if that makes any sense. (laughs) No, it does. Yeah. And that's why I don't want to say anything first, because I was really curious to hear what you would say, but I do agree with you. And I think the same way that um, at the end of the day, uh, well, I mean, my personal belief in general is that food is our medicine, 100%, mm-hmm. because it's whatever we put into our body, um, aside from obviously all the toxins or whatever is around us, the environment that we're in, um, whatever we put into our body is going to directly affect what our body is made up of, because that's what's going to be used to recreate our new cells. And like, as you were saying last time that our bodies regenerate every seven years. Right. Right. So clearly food has a big impact. And also um, we have seen time and time and time and time and time and time again, that raw, uh, a raw plant-based diet has the ability to heal a lot of autoimmune diseases that a lot of people think are, impossible to cure, but they are, you just have to be willing to stay on that lifestyle. Now, if you're not willing to do that, then yeah, you're going to have to take a pill. But it's not to say that it's impossible. It is actually possible. It's just, are you willing to live this life of a healthier lifestyle? Right. And I think you also have to look at too, um, what you're eating. Yeah, Yeah, you might want to live a healthier lifestyle, but it's also like, culturally, like we mentioned, like there's attachments Mm -hmm. we have to food, right? Like when I think of oxtails, I think of Jamaica, I think of it's one of my favorite dishes. And I grew up eating it. And it's so hard to not have something that that. is literally a comfort food, especially when it's it's a it's it was a staple of like, what I grew up eating as a child. Um, I do feel like I've made the decision now. It's something I rarely can have. One, because it is a red meat. It's an animal product, but also because it's very rich and it's cooked in this like thick stew. So it's not something I probably should be having often. (laughs) And um, because of that, I feel like it's, that's where the balance comes in. You know, it's like finding, okay, I am going to have this or this, is nostalgic for me, but it's not something I could partake in every day. Now that I understand what um, a healthier lifestyle is, looks like, and what I desire for myself. And feels like. And feel, uh, most importantly, feels like. Most importantly feels like. I think the feeling part is the thing that really makes that mental shift and what is directly related to the mental health, that Mm -hmm. emotional aspect that you feel when you eat a cleaner diet. And I don't want to say diet. I hate the word diet, but um, just when you eat cleaner, that's when you really feel the clarity come in. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm on day 10 of my raw vegan fast. And um, before choosing to do this, I actually, this is a perfect time. So I... Um, How's it actually, going for you? Oh, the raw vegan fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I shouldn't even call it fast or I would say detox because like, again, not wanting, not wanting to say that you are so eating because <laughs> I am eating, but uh, I will say I'm getting way more fiber in my foods. I, my body is still adjusting. So it's kind of been a little difficult in terms of getting my elimination right? Mm-hmm. Some days, everything I eat just goes through me. Other days, I'm like, I literally have lettuce or I literally just had smoothies. <laughs> like, why isn't this breaking down? Um, and that could just be like, it is and an it adjustment. Takes time. Right. My body's working in a completely different way. Mm-hmm. So it's first, it's getting completely different sugars than what it's been getting. It's getting like fruit sugar and it's, I'm actually probably ingesting more sugar but the source of it is so much healthier. It's like, that's, that's a shock to the body. When you think about like, um, how our bodies respond to certain foods. Like if I eat a cookie and have like a Frappuccino, my body's going to respond to that so much more differently as opposed to, you know, a piece of fruit. Because one is signaling to our brain almost like too much. It's like a high because we're getting more than our body is used to getting. So then it's craving that. And that's where these sugar addictions and like, you know, addiction to salt, like needing extra salty food is because it's almost like you start under tasting. Like Mm -hmm. you need so much more to get the same um, satisfaction, like for the neurons to fire correctly, because mm-hmm. you've now like literally retrained your, um, you know, kind of trained your brain incorrectly. And the process is through a detox is to retrain your brain. Also, like if your cells are, um, I'm li- doing, uh, the program with a chef called queen of green and mm-hmm. she's amazing. She's a raw vegan, uh, plant-based chef. And she, oh. she's vegan and raw. So she specializes in I love in both. that. And by the way, raw, raw mm-hmm. vegan plant-based uh, meals mm-hmm. are literally my um, favorite things in the whole entire planet because they're vegan and they're raw, but they taste amazing and they are not processed. Right. She taught us how to make this like Thai peanut sauce and oh it's God. so amazing. I'll definitely give you the recipe. It's Please. all fresh. I made Please. it literally in five minutes and it was so flavorful. Like I would have gotten that. Wow. My, my gauge for food is if I would I have paid for this at a restaurant and if the answer is <laughs> yes, then it was really good. Um, And she was basically saying like, through, a, through the detox, your cells are going to, the first few days, your cells might still crave like that old food mm-hmm. because on a cellular level, that's what's in your body. And mm-hmm. the point of a detox is to literally clean those cells or cleanse those cells so that it only wants, or you, it kind of breaks those addictions that you have towards food. Um So I highly recommend for anyone who does struggle with emotional eating or overeating um, to do some type of fast um, or elimination diet where you're completely taking those things out because 
just like any addiction, if you go cold turkey, it's going to be very, very hard. But mm-hmm. once you get through that withdrawal period, you can literally retrain yourself. And yeah, again, it's getting through that hard period. I can't make it seem like it's going to happen overnight or it's easy or not going to take multiple tries, but it's so worth it. I, I'm currently still in day 10 of the raw fast, still getting <laughs> through a hard period. <laughs> so that's well, 10 day, day 10 to feel the way you're feeling. That's totally normal. And I'll vouch for that because I remember when I went raw vegan in the beginning, like I was so excited to do it, but I did have hard moments when I was Mm -hmm. first in the initial days, because my body, like you said, was still adjusting and learning how to eat this new way. And they say that everyone is different. Like your detox symptoms could be anywhere from seven days to like 21 days or 30 days, because there's so much toxic buildup that happens in your body that when you start eating super clean and you strip it down to the basics, it takes time for all of that to start coming out and every body is going to adjust differently to it. Yeah. And, and every also, age, cause like, and every age, now, yeah. My body, like before when I did any type of diet, cause I've done tons of diets um, <laughs> and you know, fasting or whatever. I've done the master cleanse, all of those things. I've seen very quick results within the first three to five days. So being on day Mm. 10 and I feel like the results are very slow in terms of like physical. And, you know, it's like a lot of times when you diet, you want to see the physical change. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of been frustrating, but I'm like, I'm doing, I'm not dieting. I'm doing a whole different type of eating and I have to just be kind to my body because at the end of the Mm -hmm. day, like those quick results I got from the other diets, like master cleanse and stuff. Yeah, it's a good detox, but I was doing it for weight loss purposes. The Mm -hmm. weight immediately came back because it was just not sustainable. Because you go back to eating what you're doing and it's not like it wasn't something that you're going to live on daily. Exactly. And like I like eating raw. I really do. I do see the benefit of raw food. Um, But I know for me personally, I I can tell my body definitely needs some cooked food as well. Um, My system is naturally on the cooler side. So I need mm. internal heat to kind of fire up my stomach. So like, again, I'll make, I'll put like cayenne in my food. I'll have a lot of tea, but I do think like some warm vegetables wouldn't kill me, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I feel you because I think when I did raw vegan, I loved it. I did it for like two, three months and I felt the best I ever felt in my life. But to your point also, like, I really enjoy cooked food. Like mm-hmm. I, I love it. It makes me happy. And at the end of the day, I think that what is going to make you live longer is feeling pure happiness and mm-hmm. doing what makes you happy. Right. So if I'm going to do raw vegan, but I'm always and constantly going to have cooked food on my <laughs> mind, I'm not going to be my happiest self, right, which is exactly. in turn, going to do more damage to me, in my opinion. stress, like literally I was, oh, so I was speaking to my therapist today Uh and she was saying that like, I, cause I was telling her like, oh, I gained like a quarantine 10 
And I'm also like, you know, pretty happy. So, and I've been, I was cooking at home a lot. So mm-hmm. I kind of was like beating myself up a little bit because I'm like, oh, I, I, even though I know I'm doing all the right things, I'm just like, oh, I want to see results a little quicker. And she was like, we have to understand like, this is a pandemic. And whether you are reacting to it, like subconsciously, your body is still. So even though like, yes, I'm using the time to be productive, I get to talk about the things I love with you and, you know, I'm working Mm -hmm. out, I'm eating well, my body is still going to react to a huge shift in routine. So everyone who's gaining weight right now, be kind to yourselves. I gained weight. I'll be honest. (laughs) stress literally will cause your body to do things no matter how much working out, how much eating right. You could still end up gaining weight because you could still be releasing cortisol, which puts on belly fat, which was a commercial that I can't get out of my head. (laughs) You're a kid. It's like stress causes cortisol. Cortisol increases belly fat. So watch your commercials so you can learn science, guys. That's hilarious. <laughs> I definitely have gained weight for sure. I actually, um, I started the anti Fursella 75 heart challenge with my husband recently. Mm-hmm. And so it's like 75 days of like, you have to do two workouts a day. One has to be outside. You have to read 10 pages a day. You have to um, drink a gallon of water. Um and follow like a specific like you know eating style that that's obviously healthy and right. so we started this about a little over a month ago but I am technically back on day two because it says if you miss one thing you have to start over okay. and unfortunately there have been two days when I forgot to read my 10 pages and you think it's just 10 pages but it's like you know which is not a big deal at all but my days have been so crazy lately with just everything that I have going on there. I've had two days where I just, it just completely like just slipped my mind. And I'm like, wow, just because of that, I have to start over. And yeah, I could pretend that I didn't miss it, but the whole point of like why I'm doing it, not so much about weight loss. Um, but it's about the mental thing. Yeah. I think, you know, gaining that, um, like ability that no matter what you push through and cause it's 75 days with no rest day in between. So you have mm-hmm. to do it. Um, but it's fun. I mean, I gotta say it's fun. I mean, part of it is also cause I want to lose weight because I did put on weight because I did go through. So something I haven't actually really spoken too, too much about anywhere else. So this will be the first time actually on this podcast is I went through a lot of, I would say, the worst anxiety I ever had in my life this Mm -hmm. past fall. And the reason I even bring this up is because I do believe that it was partially related to food. Yeah. And what I, so, you know, I've been on my health journey for also like a decade now because Mm -hmm. I started experiment, no, over a decade because I started experimenting with food when I was in high school. I didn't go raw vegan or anything like that in high school, but I, you know, started to play around with like, oh, well, what if I cut out sugar? What would that be like? Um, Or I think the first thing I actually cut out was dairy, maybe after one milkshake that I had that went bad. 
uh, mm-hmm. from Roland Roaster. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't Roland believe I just said that. <laughs> First chock full of nuts, now Roland Roaster. You just know all the old school spots. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, I, I know how all of these things taste. So I'm just letting you guys know <laughs> that I, um, you know, I did eat all of those things just like everyone else. else yeah. <laughs> so I know what it's like to give it up. Um, so yeah, it's been a while. And throughout that time, I've obviously stripped my diet or not my, I hate saying that word, like what I eat basically is primarily plant-based. Mm-hmm. Um, so down to the basics. So, you know, vegetables, fruit, nuts, uh, olive oil, things like that, right? I don't eat anything that is like super processed or anything like that. Right. And last fall or right before fall started – uh, we went on a road trip. It was me, my husband, and his best friend. And for some reason, during that time, all of a sudden, I decided to have meat, mm. which I haven't had meat in a really long time. I mean, I tasted it, but like, not like the amount that I had on that road trip for some reason. Right. That, and also, um, I had we started going a lot to like kind of like um, like taverns or like grills. And a lot of these places, they have the um, deep fried pickles. And so oh, yeah. I would take like one, two, three, four, whatever from my Ten. husband's plate. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> and so like sometimes, so this is what I do, like no joke. I would take it and sometimes I would bite half of it and then I would peel the coating around it and then just eat the pickle or sometimes I would just pick it up take the crust off eat the pickle and then Mm -hmm. other times I'm like oh these look really good okay I'll just just have one (laughs) yeah and it's like you know hot and it's like sour and then it's crunchy and then it's delicious and it's just like oh my god I'm living my life this is great like just one just one won't hurt me because that's like what everyone says and you know Nino you got to give yourself a break you've been doing this for so long like just just live a little bit you know Mm -hmm. so I did I lived a little bit and what Um, happened that (laughs) <laughs> that after, right I'm like amping it up like <laughs> like it's this crazy like story um well I'll tell you what happened my face broke out oh. so much um like I've never seen it break out this much in the longest time ever since high school And that raised a really big flag for me. Like literally I just had acne, especially like on my chin that just would not go away. Mm -hmm. So obviously I started to feel very self-conscious and I worked in a mall. So I worked with people on the daily and I'm the kind of person that like, I mean, I don't really put on a lot of makeup. I mean, I put on makeup, but I don't go like crazy. Like I don't do like massive layers. Um, I don't even use a beauty blender. I literally put foundation on my hands and put on my skin, you know? Right. So 
and it just wouldn't go away. And I was like, what the hell? Like, why is this happening? Like, what am like, I didn't do anything. And then it hit me. I think those fried pickles had dairy in them because you need to use milk to make the coating for the deep fry. Yeah. And I was like, damn it. I was like, all I wanted was just a couple of fried pickles. Pickles. (laughs) Yeah. And then with your face breaking out, that caused anxiety, that caused insecurity. Because now it's like... And then it led to and all then these that led to more problems. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So it started off with like just a little acne, but then it led into targeting my anxiety, which then targeted my stress. And then any little thing that would happen in general, like outside of that, even just in my life, ended up making me even more stressed out because I didn't have control over you know, what's going on with my body. And then mm-hmm. my hormones were going crazy. And it's just like, it's funny how you think it's a little thing, but then it's all interconnected. Right. I think people don't realize how much um, our physical self-care can affect our anxiety. Like I'm in this program and basically the, the eat yourself sexy journey that's doing the raw food challenge. And basically she talks about that. Like, what are a few things you can do every day that will make you as a person feel confident no matter where you are? Mm-hmm. For some people, it's literally their skin. Like if you having beautiful skin all the time makes you feel like you can enter any room and get that job or like speak to that audience the moment you don't take care of your skin or your, you know, or something happens hormonally or whatever the case may be, it will impact all of that, which can impact you, mm-hmm. how much money you make. It can impact how successful you are. It can impact your ability to further take care of yourself. And I think when people realize that, affect your realize the importance of like your relationships, your interpersonal relationships, because like no one wants to be someone who's cranky and miserable or who's really self-conscious, you know, like it'll cause mm-hmm. you to react in different ways. And I, f- I feel like if people really understand like how tuning into what your body feels like can really impact like, or it can make or break your life. Like yeah, being in tune with your body can transform your life. Just like being out of tune with your body, especially if you have every reason to be like, there's an audience that's listening. I'm sure that may not have the means to go on such a radical change, but then can make daily steps towards the right direction of like just eating better and eating cleaner. And then there's another audience of people who know better, but choose not to. Cause it's like, uh, I'm young. I'm trying to live life. Like, I don't want to listen to you. Just shut up. Right. But like, they have to understand like life will be two, three, tenfold better if you put your health and wellness first. And I feel like yeah. now more than ever is a time to see that. Like, how you've taken care of your body all along can impact how your body handles a virus, you know? Yeah. Having Um, that immunity and that, you know, I think it's important to like, when you know you're doing something right. And I think when you have that relationship with your body, mm -hmm. the only reason I was even able to bounce back is because I had, again, what we said, I felt 
I know what I know what feeling amazing feels like. Yeah. So if I'm not feeling amazing, that means okay, whatever I, I tried to do an experiment with didn't work. Right. I feel like so my, now. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry. I was just gonna finish off by saying that, like now, I realize that okay, I was right. Like for me, eating meat or fish. Like that's not really the best thing for me. Like my body thrives when I do eat plant-based, mm-hmm. you know, maybe once in a while, like a bite of like, not definitely no dairy, but like, you know, if I want to have a bite of like a fish or if I want to have a bite of some meat, like, okay, maybe, mm-hmm. but on the regular, I thrive when I'm just plant-based. Like that's when I feel myself like on a natural high. Yeah. I would definitely say the same. I do feel like when I eat meat, I don't process it as well. I Again, I have mm-hmm. a very sensitive digestive system. So like I have to really be mindful of having very dense uh, foods like flesh, breaking down another animal's flesh in my body is going to take a lot longer. It already is having a hard time just breaking down like regular uh, fruits and vegetables, you know? So you feel do you feel heavy like when you eat that? I would definitely say so. I feel heavy. Most importantly, I feel lethargic. And then when I feel lethargic, I'm unproductive. When I'm unproductive, I get really bad anxiety because I feel like I'm actively not working towards my future. And then that leads to depression. So the last Around the time you, I guess, fell off the wagon, I fell off the wagon too because I was – well, there we go. (laughs) (laughs) I was really stressed out in like um, August, September. I was really, really stressed out. I was moving – me too. It was torn between like moving into a more expensive but but my dream apartment, which I think Mm -hmm. I made the right choice. I did and I love it here. But I was torn between that or possibly moving back home where I don't really have the best – like I wouldn't have had – the best situation just because I would have to move back with my mom. And um, again, I know my diet would have been, it would, not diet, but my life, my eating lifestyle, my healthier eating lifestyle would have been even worse, even though I was already on a bad point at that point because I was stressed. So I started eating um, a lot more meat or anything that was accessible because I was moving into a more expensive place. I started getting more money conscious and kind of like paranoid and stressed about not having enough and started living in the scarcity mindset. So I stopped investing on the things that were helping me like eating really high quality food. Or I started saying like, whatever, Jack in the box is right there. And it's $2. Like Mm -hmm. I can eat that as opposed to like, let me even just go to Trader Joe's and get one of their four or $5 salads. Like yeah. I started, I because I was eating bad, I've kept falling into a cycle of eating bad because I just felt like, well, I'm this makes doing sense. It. Not even, yeah, it's almost like my belief system started to change. So not even thinking oh like, God, yes. I could still eat cheap vegetarian food. I could still find things that I can eat that will satisfy me, that'll taste yummy. I wasn't in that space anymore because I was yeah. already lethargic. I wasn't putting in effort um, in just myself and it reflected in my food. And like people don't understand like what you put in your body is another form of self-care. You can have the most beautiful outfits. You can spend all your money on your makeup, your hair, your nails. Um, But 
if you're not eating quality food, like it will show whether it's 20 years from now, 30 years from now, five years from now. Um, I also noticed that like with eating a lot more meat, I was also ingesting a lot more alcohol. Like weirdly enough, it went hand in hand. When I'm vegan or plant-based, I notice I tend to not drink as much. And I think a big part of that is the food I'm eating is not soaking up alcohol. If you notice, alcohol needs to be soaked up by like fatty, greasy, heavier foods. And if you're not eating like that, you're not going to be able to handle as much, which is good because it's literally poison. Um, don't get me wrong. I'll still have a glass of wine here and there after I'm, I'm off the 21 day challenge, but I don't see myself going back to drinking the way I used to, because I felt like it was again, part of that cycle. Like we're in our thirties now, if we drink, you feel it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I used to laugh when people said this, I'm like, you're lying. Like y'all are so dramatic. You're just 30, (laughs) but wow. You feel it like you feel a whole day of productivity the next day is usually gone if I'm drinking. And because I'm a social drinker, I very Mm -hmm. easily can binge if I'm not if I'm not paying attention. You know, it very easily can go from just like, oh, one drink. Everyone's because I'll be around people that could handle a lot more liquor than me. And they're like, yeah, like another shot, another round. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. Then they're fine the next day because their bodies are used to all of this. And I'm over there like can't get nothing done in bed, barely getting up to get water, mouth dry because, I, you know, like <laughs> I'm like, I can't do this. So, it's yeah, so funny. I, it, it took I feel all like that for me person. to realize. Oh, yeah, seriously. But it took all of that for me to realize like, OK, this isn't working like and I've this is a decade of this of, you know, Going, going on, like having a lifestyle change and then that lifestyle change doesn't stick because I slowly creep in the old foods I used to eat and then not necessarily knowing the balance of it. And you have to remember, even if you do try to be balanced, there's a part of your mind once it has that old thing, that chicken wing or that, you know, really sugary donut, it's going to trigger those neurons that high again, if you're not Mm -hmm. careful. So like, even if you are being mindful, it's like, you're naturally going to be, you know, predisposed once you've had something, you're going to crave it, but knowing, okay, do I really need it right now? Am I craving something else? Um, I noticed a big part of eating when I was growing up was I was bored Remember, I grew up really sheltered. So I spent a lot of time in the evenings at home, not being active, watching TV. And watching TV is already like sometimes not stimulating enough because you're just sitting there. And as a kid, like I was just like, all right, I need to do something. So snacking while watching TV was my additional stimulation. So like Mm. say I ate a bowl of cereal. It only takes like five, 10 minutes to eat a bowl of cereal while watching TV, right? So. I'm like, what else can I eat? I just had something sweet. Now I want something savory. Let me look in the cabinet. What's in here that's savory that I can eat? Ooh, there's leftovers. So now you just find yourself eating as you're watching TV to pass the time. And you've had like three meals and like a two to three hour sitting. Which makes sense. Mm -hmm. I I mean, how many people do that? A lot of people. 
Yeah. And I mean, honestly, like there's so much, I I looked at it like, wow, there's so much in my life. I was lit, lit, lit. Wow. Why can't I speak? <laughs> there was so much <laughs> in my life I was missing <laughs> because of eating like that as a kid. I mean, I don't know how to ride a bike. I don't know how to swim. Um, an active lifestyle is definitely the wave. I mean, as I've gotten older, I've incorporated, I, even though I missed those things when I was younger, I'm realizing mm-hmm. like, yeah, I didn't get to do those things, but I have the opportunity now to change my life, like by mm-hmm. choosing it, even if I fall off the wagon, you know, like mm-hmm. knowing that I, I can get right back on and try another day, um, going on hikes, just be more mindful in the morning of what I ingest, whether it be food, what I'm watching, social media. I think we really have to be mindful of what we ingest there because without realizing it, we're gaining these belief systems and we don't even know why we believe that. Right. Like like the whole like, oh, I should cut my thighs to be right. skinnier. Like I had a friend, she had us, I, I was on her call. She did like a sister circle uh, meeting on Zoom on Monday. And it was beautiful because she did mention like, who told us our bellies can't look different? Who told us that our stomachs had to look a certain way? All our stomachs have to do is hold our organs in and mm-hmm. get us, you know, be, be like, you know, hold our organs in our core in and keep the food that we're eating digested all our feet have to do our walk who said feet have to look a certain way or your hair has to look a certain way or your arms like right if anything how can you have seven billion not seven billion actually well actually i don't know how many people but like billions of people in the world Mm -hmm. and we're all supposed to look the same right we're not and like this idea of that like everyone's looking the same is it all kind of that is a mental health issue in itself like because these are mental health honestly or just like Mm -hmm. even what I've realized through my conversations with my therapist a lot of the ways I thought and spoke really came from the belief systems I've had from a child and Mm -hmm. unless I realized that those belief systems are incorrect I wouldn't necessarily change the way I like communicate, interact, mm-hmm. think now. Um, and I feel like it's the same with when it comes to our food, our, our food and also like what we choose to ingest, like knowing that if you're ingesting negative content, negative news, everyone looks the same. Everyone has similar bodies. What is that telling you subconsciously? You don't right. fit in. Right. You know, and I I mean I've I live in LA. I live in the land of you I was better say, do what you have you, to do to fit in. Like <laughs> yeah, like how do you do that cuz you know LA like when when you first talk about like when you say LA people automatically think and I think also of like this done up girl who's had every every part of her body done up and these high expectations of what you have to look like um and they all get the same surgeries too, which I never understand either. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a lot of just, you know, people redoing every single part of their body. 
Yeah. And I think that a big part of that is fitting a standard and not focusing on wellness and mental health. And it's just focusing on a physical image. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes like people, if some part of their happiness is feeling like they're being a part of a community and they're accepted. So I'm not completely knocking plastic surgery. I mean, shoot, I've been tempted. (laughs) I've been (laughs) tempted. I haven't gotten any, but you know, um, I do understand. I see the appeal of it, but I also feel like people should want to, you know, the inside should just be just as beautiful as the outside, like on a cellular level. Um, because once you're taking care of the inside and like the thing, like your organs are running properly, you know, blood Mm -hmm. is pumping to your heart properly because you're oxygenating your blood, you're getting water through your system, you're moving your muscles, then you can really, your authentic self, I feel like can really come out, but you can't even live your authentic self if your body is not working properly. Right. I mean, I mean, just being mindful of why you're making those decisions, right? Not exactly. Like, it's like the why behind, is, is it like, did you do it because you're trying to impress other people or did you mm-hmm. do it because it's just really going to make you feel happier? Right. Right. And are and you I feel also like, taking care of yourself? But I feel like if you're not thinking on a co- too much on a cognitive level, you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to do it because it's going to make me happier. But then say why. Like think Mm -hmm. a little deeper, like, why do you think that's going to make you happier? And then the answer might come around that it won't. Right. And then the soul searching will happen. And I think um, I will say when you're eating certain foods or when you are practicing certain um, exercises like yoga, you tend to be drawn to better habits. Mm -hmm. And I think like, that's what's most important. Like eating well really, really elevates your life because you have the energy and just naturally you're, I think people, you know, it sounds kind of hippy dippy, Mm -hmm. but people say like fruits and veggies are high vibrational foods. You know, everything has energy. Everything has like matter and like you want the most by highly vibrational. And then you want to put the things in your body that match what's in your body already, the minerals and the nutrients that's already there and keep filling that. Like if you look at a plate of like high vibrational foods and look at a plate of fast food, it doesn't even look appealing. Like it doesn't look Mm -hmm. vivid. It's not bright. It's pretty. It's not colorful. Um, is a tends to sometimes lack water, like doesn't even look as moist, you know, Mm -hmm. as you cut a juicy orange open or you eat like, I don't know, something that's orange and not juicy. I don't know, a pop tart. (laughs) (laughs) You eat something like a pop tart where it's like, that's supposed to be a fruit flavored thing, like pastry and you open it. You don't see that you don't get the same like hydration from it. It's definitely drier and like, not as vibrant. No, it, it well, and we learned this in school too, that obviously it's like the sun is going to give its most energy to the plants that are growing. Right. And then any, uh, animal that eats that afterwards, half of, like a lot of not half, but like a lot of that energy is lost by time. Yes. It gets to us. 
right? And that it's all, again, it's all interconnected, but. Right. When people say like, where do vegans get their protein or um, why don't you plants. just eat the meat if the, if the, if the, if the bat is eating all mm-hmm. the plants and it's like, no, why don't I just eat the plant? Yeah. <laughs> Like, why don't I go if, – if that's where the animal's getting the source of protein, why don't I just go to that source? Yeah. Why do I have to just eat the animal? Um, again, everyone can – different diets work for different people. So I won't 100%. tell someone they can't eat meat. I think what's most important is eating whole foods. Um, and if you are going to eat meat, be mindful of what it's being fed, how it's being raised, how it's ethically being treated. Um mm-hmm. I think those things, if you have the means to take into consideration, most definitely do. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, um, I have seen a lot of people um, doing the carnivore diet, which fascinates me in the mm-hmm. sense of I'm curious to understand how it actually works. Because I, I do have one friend who's doing it right now, and I'm, I'm going to record with her in the future, uh, probably in like well, I'm not going to say dates here, but soon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really curious to pick her mind to really understand the concept behind it. Because I I haven't been interested in it enough to do my own research on it. I've heard of it. I've heard several people doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am really curious to see why, why just meat. I would like to know the connection between that and anxiety because I, I, like I said, I feel like when I was eating meat, my anxiety um, rose through the roof. And I think a big part of it is like when you're eating another animal and you're eating flesh, you have to be mindful of what that animal went through in its life cycle. How was it treated? How was it even killed? Like I know when it comes to like cows, some, sometimes they shoot them point blank in the face, mm-hmm. like between their eyes, right? And they say, oh, mm-hmm. they died very quickly. It was a shot to the face. But think about the hormones that was released or the adrenaline or the, you know, the glands that release the fear, the fight or flight in that second. That's what you're eating now when you eat this animal. Um, yeah. And I do feel like I did see a correlation with that and me feeling more anxious, more fearful when I'm consuming large amounts of meat. It's funny. I feel like you and I are the same person because that's how <laughs> I felt. No, I'm serious. Every like when Even you the way talking, you eat it, right? When you think of how you yeah. eat it, you're usually like, like just gnawing at it, like almost like in survival mode, the way I would tear up some chicken. And I'm like, I don't eat lettuce like that. Like, yeah. Why and, is like, that? It's almost like you become animalistic in the way you eat when you're yes. eating meat. Yes. And, and like you feel really, really – well, like you were saying, um, A, I feel a lot heavier. Um, mm-hmm. I don't process my food as easily. And I also have a very sensitive digestive system. That's why I have to be careful. Um, and I start to get – I notice my energy dwindle and I start to feel really sluggish and not my usual and just – like having a harder time getting through the day feeling energized than when I'm eating plant-based. Because when I'm eating plant-based, I feel like I have so much energy that I could literally go on doing a million things in one day. 
and still not feel tired. Yeah. It's like, how do you explain that? Definitely. And, and I get, I think with the meat and like when I used to eat a lot of the stuff that I was eating, I used to suffer from IBS, which is irritable bowel syndrome when Mm -hmm. I was in high school. Um, because all of that food would digest so slow in my body and it wouldn't process like the way it's supposed to process. Um, so it would take a long time just sitting there in my intestines, probably just like, you know, like trying to make its way out, trying to say this the nicest way possible. Um, and I think that actually led to a lot of my um, negative thoughts and feeling anxiety and feeling anger too. Anger mm-hmm. to a point where I look back on it now and I'm like, oh my God, like I used to be so mad sometimes. Like, I mean, I would be happy when I'm around my friends and I'm just like not thinking about things. But then when I was on my own and that's the danger zone, when I was on my own, that's when those thoughts would all creep in. And I felt like a completely different person. And once I started eating cleaner, it's almost like all those things, like I woke up and I didn't have those feelings. Like even if something bad happened, I wouldn't, or if someone did something to me, I wouldn't get, and till this day, like I don't get as mad as I used to. I'm more like, it is what it is. Like it happened. How do we get past this now? Right. Like and I'm think, a lot calmer, you know? For sure. And I think there's a spiritual connection to that. You know, it's like, um, if you think of like the your stomach, they say like your stomach one, they always call it like your other, your second heart <laughs> or second brain, your second brain, um, because so much is happening there. So much that causes, you know, these signals to go off in our bodies to speak to us. And if you're not really eliminating and cleansing right, those things can't happen. Um, so there's a lot less clarity. That's why you see like a lot of people have brain fog and when they eat eat better and they're eliminating, they notice that literally they're clear headed as well. Um, also gut health. When it comes to your gut, it's so, so, so sensitive. I remember there was a period that I was working for a kombucha company and it was alcoholic kombucha. So basically it just had a higher percentage of sugar alcohols, which is like anywhere from four and up. You have to list it on the bottle and sell it as alcoholic beverage. Mm -hmm. And I got in the habit of drinking one daily because it was just like, oh, it's only like 4.5% alcohol. It tastes yummy. It's kombucha. It's good for me. Mm -hmm. Doing that for like two weeks ruined my gut. It was just like way Mm -hmm. too much probiotics and then it's sugar alcohols as well. And I Mm -hmm. feel like I'm still recuperating from that because it does take anywhere. It can sometimes take years, you know, to fix a gut problem. It, yeah, And you can speed that up thing. when you fill it with clean foods. So imagine you have a gut problem and you keep fueling it. Someone said that like with food, you're either um, fueling, a, you're either fueling disease or fueling like you're feeding disease or fueling wellness, right? 100%. So 100%. you might think that, oh, I ate good all week, but I'm going to eat like bad next week or whatever the case is, Right. 
Mm-hmm. All because you ate good all week, that doesn't mean that that other thing you're eating isn't, it's not feeding, it's not fueling you. It's feeding a disease. And I, when someone said that, I was like, wow, that's, that makes me really look at food differently because it's one thing to be like, oh yeah, like I could eat junk food. Like I'm, it still has some nutritious content or it can't be that bad. And you're like, no, actually, if it's not doing any good for your body, it is doing bad then for your doing body. Bad. Yes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you know it's going to do bad and you enjoy it and have that glass of wine or whatever the case. Actually, wine has also good health benefits. Maybe have that tequila shot. <laughs> um, <laughs> but also know that on the other end, like there will be consequences if you do it in excess. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. And even if it's not in excess, sometimes even if it's not like, you know, in excess, but it is something that you do routinely every week, mm-hmm. I feel like that could impact you too. So part of this 75 hard is no alcohol. I'm not sure if I mentioned it, but, and so I, you know, I, I don't really party like that anymore anyways, but I do, I do love wine or yeah. if it's someone's birthday, I'll have alcohol, um, either a glass or two or whatever. And it's not something I'm doing like right in excess, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'll definitely have at least a glass of wine a week. You know, I would get, right. I would make my husband get me a bottle and like, he's not a big drinker, but like, I would enjoy having a glass of wine with my food. But what I notice is that it, it's actually harder for me to digest my food when I have the glass of wine with it. And mm-hmm. it only now like taking more than a month off of like no alcohol at at all I'm mm-hmm. like wow even that little bit that I was having I was think so was affecting. actually playing yeah a big role in my gut and I think my gut is still um healing, healing. Mm-hmm. yeah um and also my liver because I already have health problems with my right. cholesterol so I'm like so now I'm on a mission this is my new announcement that my new experiment that's coming, <laughs> that is happening now, my newest experiment is to see um, if I can really push myself to bring my liver to the healthiest state that it's ever been in my life, probably. Because mm-hmm. aside from cutting out all the junk, this is going to be the first time where I cut out all the junk, but also I cut out alcohol. And I'm really curious to see what happens because so far it's been over a month and I feel like I'm also regaining, like, I I feel like I'm gaining clarity. Yeah. Like even more clarity than I had, which is weird. I love that. Yeah. I'm excited, but I'm nervous. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. And then you're also doing these double workouts. So you're getting your heart rate up, you're getting endorphins, which is also, you know, helping you be calm, level-headed, happier. I mean, we're not doing the double. The only adjustment we made on this challenge is we're doing one workout because we can't fit into workouts because the gym is closed right now. So it's a little hard. I mean, I like working out at home, but I really love the gym Mm. a lot. You know, I'm the opposite. (laughs) I like being home. <laughs> um, so I've been enjoying working out at home because I feel like I don't, I'm, I like the efficiency of my time just because yeah. literally I could put on a YouTube video, roll my mat out and do yoga or do a strength I training to yoga. 
I think you would love it, um, especially because you already understand so much about like how much our mind affects our body, you know? And yes, I, I'm and telling I've, you, yogis have tried. Me. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I've tried yoga before and I love it. I just haven't gotten it's for some reason I haven't like stuck with it. Mm-hmm. Like as in I tried, I remember like taking classes in school. So I feel like it's also different. So I feel like I really need to dive into it and just like do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can send you, um, there's a yogi. I really like her YouTube videos. Her name's Kat Please. Meffin. It's C-A-T-M-E-F-F-A-N, Kat mm-hmm. Meffin Yoga. Um, she has tons of YouTube videos and I love it because she has tons of options like a wake up flow, a deep and stretchy flow. You can find videos anywhere from like a 15 minute quick flow to an hour, um, all levels. So she makes it really simple. She has a cute accent too. I think she's Australian. Um, so I really like her videos and sometimes her dog is napping in them, which is cute. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if Odin would nap next to me. I feel like he always tries to join in. <laughs> oh, like my dog is actually right on my lap right now sleeping. Oh, so cute. Um, your, your dog is so cute. Yeah, but I I wanted to talk touch on that healing aspect of it because the big surprise. So for you guys yeah, so Yes, before we close <laughs> this out for the big bang, the surprise that – You told me in the very beginning that I've been waiting for it now. Yes. So for you guys listening, I was speaking to Nino right before we got on air. And I was telling her that I was going to tell her something, but I was waiting for you guys because I really wanted her real reaction because (laughs) we had planned to do this mental health call last week when we did Mm -hmm. or what Sunday, Sunday when we did our part one, and we realized we had so much more to say, so we wanted to do a part two. Well, every Wednesday, which was this morning, I had a call with my therapist, and basically on our phone call, she was like, I think you're doing really, really well, and I think we should talk about terminating further sessions, basically. (sighs) She feels like I don't need therapy. (laughs) So I was like, it's really crazy that I'm doing this call and I'm talking about like mental health and healing on the same day that my therapist is like, hey, I think you got it down and like you kind of have a grasp on things. Uh, If you ever maybe in a year feel like you still need therapy that or something comes up in your life like you have a situ because there's situational depression where sometimes circumstances cause you to be in a different headspace um but as of now she gave me the tools and I'm just trying to implement them in my life as well as allow her to now be free and help somebody else so at first it was like kind of like oh this sucks because it's really nice just like powwowing with her but I'm also Mm -hmm. like we're in a, a we're in a time where a lot of people are uncomfortable being home, um, getting used to a loneliness or maybe being with themselves and they don't like how that feels. And I'd rather her, you know, sow her wild oats and help other people <laughs> and use the tools that I have is, in the meantime. That is incredible. That makes me so happy for you. Like Thank so you. happy. Thank you. Like you, you need to celebrate now. 
I am. Well, the thing is, before <laughs> celebrating would look like I'm going to pop a bottle, I'm going to do this and that. Mm-hmm. But I feel like what she did was give me a big responsibility, which is like, all right, I've helped you take care of yourself. Now it's it's time for you to spread your wings and continue doing what you know. So if I know that she's tell, you know, has taught me like certain limiting beliefs that I might have had and like reframe learning how to reframe things. Like it's not, Oh, I have to be on a diet to be skinny or, Oh, I'm going to be fat. It's like, there's always a happy, happy medium. Like we live in this all or nothing world sometimes when we get really anxious and like, it's a reminder that no, there's a happy medium. You don't have to be on a diet and you don't have to be fat. You could be healthy. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I'm just going to share with what I know, but also like know that in order for me to continue to be in a healthy space, I have to keep doing the things I've been doing. So the work doesn't stop. The eating well doesn't stop because now I feel good again. Because right. that's what gets what happens. We feel good, right? We're like, yeah, I just that's did that. I lost 30 pounds. <laughs> I could do this. I could do that. And then it's like, wait, no, it's yeah. not about the weight because no. yeah, you could lose weight, but it's really about the overall wellness. Don't, don't you want to keep, yeah. Like, don't you want to keep operating as your best self? And the only way you could do that is keep it up. I'm going to still enjoy things. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not going to be like, I could never have something if I'm craving it, but those cravings can't be every other day, every other week. Limiting it. Yeah, exactly. So that is so that was awesome. my big good news, and that, that happened just a, that happened just a few hours ago. That's why I was like, "This is really wow. wild." Yeah, this is divine intervention, and I think <laughs> that this is a sign of something bigger and like the next chapter of your life of like you taking all of that information and your own life experiences. Because mm-hmm. I think that your story is super strong, and just like even the way like your energy and the way that you talk and, you know, what you have to share with the world is really meaningful. And I'm just so excited to continue um, being friends with you and just like watching you continue to grow and follow you in your journey to whatever is to come next for you. Because I think it's going to be awesome. Touche girl. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. I really appreciate that. I mean, I feel like when when you go through trials in your life or, you know, you struggle with something, it's usually because there's a greater blessing. Like you struggle with your health, yet you're you have a podcast teaching people about health. Like Yeah. It was because it was for you to really go through the experience so that you can help others. And also it's, it feels so good. Yeah, we might have challenges or things that don't come easy to us, but doesn't it feel so good when you accomplish those things? Yes. It's so like good. It's the best feeling ever. ever. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, it would be cool if I was just like had the perfect body I wanted already or this idea of what I want in my head. But I'm like, isn't it more empowering to learn to accept my body for what it is and just have it be its healthiest? And teach young girls that that's what they can do. And like, you don't have to look like an IG model. Like 
Mm-hmm. IG models don't even look like IG models. <laughs> exactly. Like they all you know? turn their photos. And like yeah. when I found out about, I, I only recently found out about Facetune. And I was like, oh, like, why does everyone keep talking about this Facetune? Because like, I just use like, um, the filters on Instagram, or I have like, the just like the regular Adobe, like editing for uh, photos, you know, mm-hmm. And then I realized that all these IG models are using Facetune to literally change the size of like their love handles or their nose or their eyes or the eyebrows. And I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Like, and so what happens when you meet this person in real life? And that's the thing. Like, Like (laughs) I feel like they're allowed to do that, right? Like, Like, you are allowed to have fun. You're allowed to use Photoshop and change your face. But I think when you think about a global community and you think about being a role model, you have to remember, like, if I do that, what am I telling a younger person that might see this? And I know some people don't believe in social responsibility and, like, Hey, do you boo boo? But I feel like <laughs> I can't live my life like just acting like I'm here for me because I feel Same. like my purpose is so much bigger than just me, you know, living yeah. life how I want to live, which is why, you know, I'm a little more conscientious about the image I put out there and also like, you know, what do I want to go and like, yeah, I can like make myself look perfect or this idea of perfect, or I can show young girls and women of color, like you are just as beautiful being who you are and being authentically yourself as, and I get to be authentically myself, you know? Exactly. I think that's just way more rewarding. I agree. I couldn't agree more with you. And I think that was also, I mean, that was the biggest, um, why behind why I started this podcast, like I was saying before, I think we spoke on this, but it's about um, sharing those that other side of me that I've never shared on social media and exposing my struggles and my pain, um, along with bringing on and building up other people and having a platform where they can share their stories. Because I think that's how a community is formed. It's through we like, so (laughs) coming full circle, um, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. the reason why my relationship with Marissa is so strong, even after all of these years, and she's still my best friend till this day. I mean, we were on the phone for two and a half hours today. Like, (laughs) you know, um, it's because we lived through that pain that we experienced in high school together through every single struggle, through every single um, bad breakup, through every single uh, disappointment, we were there for each other. And we know exactly what we went through. And that's what makes the good parts of our life that much better because we know what that person has gone through to achieve what they've achieved. And similar in that instance to being authentic, right? How can you relate to someone if you have no idea where they come from and what they've been through? Mm-hmm. Right. And when you see the other side of it, when you understand where a person comes from, when you understand their morals, you understand their ethics, you understand their childhood and how they were raised, you understand the traumas that they've experienced, you understand what 
other things um, that they went through when they were older and you understand how they made conscious decisions to choose right from wrong, Mm -hmm. that's how you develop trust and you develop a relationship as a result. Right. I think along with food um, and, and that correlation with food and mental health, I think a community. So like even with me during this food journey, I'm in a community of people who are also on this journey together, um, which one holds me accountable, but two, mm-hmm. someone that could see my growth through with me. So I would say if you're someone who's starting a food journey or want to be more in tune with your body and are just looking to live a healthier lifestyle, I would say stay in touch or you know keep community with people who are also on the same track. Because I will say, if I'm around my friends that always want to drink, it's going to be a lot harder to not drink as much. You know, if I'm around my friends who are like, oh, let's make vegan food or like, you know, let's let's uh, do a fast together or like do a gallon of water challenge. What are you going to likely do? So definitely being mindful of who you keep around, being mindful of what you eat, being mindful of what you digest with through your eyes, um, what you see on social media and what you watch on TV, um, I think that really encompasses like true self-care and, and true wellness and that mind-body connection. I think you said that so beautifully. And I think we should end on that note because mm-hmm. um, I think you summarized that perfectly. Um, and, you know, use social media to your advantage and not right. to your disadvantage right. because I think both you and I, um, people who have been on social media for many years now, um, I've actually become friends with a lot of the people that I chose to follow when I started my health journey, like people that I followed who were also living healthier lifestyles mm-hmm. and live in different parts of the world, but I've literally developed relationships with them. That's, so, yeah, it's amazing. Like I have friends I've met, met through this group now that are like, Hey, what's that recipe you made last night? Like I made a vegan walnut meat taco salad. So she asked for the recipe because she saw it was reshared. So little things like that, like next thing you know, and that's like positive affirming relationships you're building Mm -hmm. um, towards the direction you want to go. So I think it's important. Exactly. Well, thank you again so much, Nicole, for doing this with me. Um, Like, I literally don't want to stop talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) Like, can we do this every week? (laughs) Right? Like, it's so fun. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm glad that you enjoyed it also. And I think that anyone listening, I am pretty sure you enjoyed it as well, if you're still listening right now. Um, And Nicole, um, just before we close out, do you want to share again where people can find you? Oh, yes. You can find me primarily on Instagram at withlovecold. It's spelled W-I-T-H-L-O-V-E-C-O-L-E. You can also find me on Twitter at the same handle. On Facebook, uh, you can search like facebook.com backslash the URL withlovecoal with two E's at the end. Um, And then last but not least, my blog, which I covered travel, wellness, and spirituality, latitudeandavenue.com. I love it. 
please follow her. All the links are attached. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> um, well, thank you again so much. Um, anyone listening, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. I feel like we uh, reached another level of intimacy here <laughs> and exposing, um, you know, parts of our life that we normally don't. So, and I hope that you took something away from it. And even if it helped one person, I'll be happy and feel free to follow us as well. And, you know, message us if you have any questions or need any advice. Yes, please. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I love to talk and share. (laughs) Same. (laughs) Um, I agree with that. So yeah, thank you for tuning in and look forward to next week's episode. Bye, guys.